Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 123. Last week in episode 122, I talked about the 12 players who had risen the most in my Dynasty rankings this last season. Now I'm going to talk about the 12 players that have fallen the most, at least those that have fallen among the top 50. Um, As I said, I do this exercise every year. I save my rankings at the start of the season, and then I re-rank at the end of the season and like to compare just to see which players have risen the most and which players have fallen the most. I exclude rookies from the exercise just because they rise and fall uh, the most in a given season. But I look at the veteran players just to see uh, which players have risen and fallen. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the 12 dynasty players whose dynasty stock, I believe, decreased the most this season. I'll go in order by position, and we'll start at the quarterback position where I just have one to list here, and that is Carson Wentz. He was my quarterback nine to start the season, and now he's my quarterback 26. I mean, Wentz had a long-term contract. He had a savvy, offensive-minded head coach. He was on a team that drafted offensive weapons in consecutive years. His future seemed really bright at the start of the season, but his future is questioned, totally in question here at the end of the year. Wentz just played poorly enough to get benched by the Eagles and at the end of the season get his whole head coach fired as well. Uh, Man, it was tumultuous season for the whole team and every dynasty asset suffered for it. Uh, Wentz could be on the trading block this offseason, but it's hard to trade a player with a massive contract like he has. So the surprise coaching change actually makes me believe that he will not get traded, almost like management picked uh, Wentz over Peterson. If so, Jalen Hurts will, will still be with the Eagles to compete for the starting job, which doesn't hurt, doesn't help them. Wentz and Hurts will move up my rankings if either one of them gets traded, but until then, I've downgraded them both. If Wentz is a starting quarterback on his team next year, he'll still have a lot to prove to increase his dynasty value ever again. Now we've got a couple running backs that fit this criteria. They all, Most all of them are actually in contract year, so that's why it also makes them decrease in value at the end of the season because their future is so uncertain. But we'll start with James Conner. Before the season started, he was my running back 27, so just outside the top 24. But now I've moved him down to running back number 41, so 14-spot fall. I think Conner's dynasty value increased after Pittsburgh did not select a running back in the draft, as I expected that they would. Um, So I had him just outside my top 24, thinking he'd do well. But not even, but he ended not not even, wasn't even an RB3 by the end of the season. Uh, Connor just didn't do enough to earn his second contract with Pittsburgh, most likely making him a backup running back for the rest of his career, no matter which team signs him. Uh, Benny Snell, uh, he did not play well enough for Pittsburgh to name him their starter either, though, which really makes me think that they're going to draft a running back in this year's NFL draft. Uh, James Connor took a pretty big fall this year. Next is Leonard Fournette. He actually went from running back number 17 in my rankings to number 46. So even though Fournette uh, had the best year of his career in 2019, Jacksonville cut him, cut him leading into 2020. Uh, then he signed with Tampa, and he moved up in my rankings again because I believe that he was much better than Ronald Jones. If you listened to the podcast last week, you heard me say how much Jones was a riser in my rankings. Fournette did have a few good games this season, but Jones outplayed him overall. So I think it's really doubtful that Tampa Bay is going to re-sign Fournette 
uh, to a new contract. That's going to make Fournette a free agent along with uh, many other running backs that I've downgraded here at the end of the year. It seems like only about half the running backs that get drafted actually get that second contract that they that they want with the teams that drafted them. Fournette is already among them because he was cut by Jacksonville. I think he'll be on a third team next year and likely just sharing time or signed to be a backup. Another guy who fall, not surprisingly, is Tom Ger- uh, T- Todd Gurley. He went from my running back number 20 to start the season to number 61 uh, now that the season is over. While acknowledging that Gurley was was on the back half of his career, I was still hopeful for a strong year or maybe two years with Atlanta, and I really liked his landing spot enough to keep him in my top 20 backs because he was number 20 to start the season. And Gurley started off the season looking serviceable. At least he was scoring touchdowns for fantasy teams. But by midseason, however, he was not a starting running back on fantasy teams, nor was he the starting running back on the Falcons. Gurley uh, got a second contract with the Rams, but then was cut before the second contract ended, uh, even though it cost the Rams a ton of money. I think the Falcons picked him up thinking they could squeeze one more good year out of him, but they really couldn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we've actually seen the last game of Gurley's career, which would be remarkably sad and how fast running backs fall. Speaking of running backs falling, the next running back is Le'Veon Bell. He was my number 29 ranked running back to start the season, and now he's 62, uh, one spot behind Gurley. That just really kept him kind of in the RB3 range because to begin the season, Bell was at least the starting running back without competition in New York. Uh, But that uh, that was enough for me to to see him as a possible RB3 stream, streamable type of person. But by midseason, uh, he was traded from by New York to Kansas City, where Dynasty managers still thought that he could possibly flourish, but he didn't. <laughs> Even the backup running backs for the Jets played better than Bell did in Kansas City. It's really a vivid reminder about how fast running backs' Dynasty value peaks and how quickly uh, it crashes. Moving to the receiver now, I've got a couple uh, top-tier guys that actually fill quite a bit. Uh, first would be Kenny Galladay. He was my wide receiver number five to start the season, and now I've moved him back to wide receiver 17. I just thought that Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay were really poised for an incredible season, but Galladay's injuries prevented that from happening, and it may seem unfair to drop Galladay due to injuries, but injuries have come on his contract year, and now his future is uncertain. I really do believe that they're going to sign him to a new contract, um, at least, and maybe even just a franchise contract, giving him one more year to prove himself. It's also possible, however, that Denver, the Detroit's rather just going to blow up their team to try to rebuild, in which case Stafford and Galladay could be on new teams next year. I love Galladay's talent, um, but this has raised enough questions for me, uh, and many of the second-year wide receivers um, in the NFL have actually passed him in my rankings, so that's why he also fell, because second-year guys have really passed him up. Next uh, wide receiver that fell in my rankings this year is Chris Godwin. He was wide receiver number six to start the season. Now I've moved him all the way back to 20. So from six to 20, from an RB, from a running back, sorry, from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two in my estimation. I was really excited when Tampa Bay signed Tom Brady, which allowed me to keep Godwin among my top 10 dynasty wide receivers. Like I said, he was ranked number six. Uh, they played well together this year, but not well enough to merit a top 10 ranking any longer, I don't think. Several things have me concerned enough to move him back 14 spots like I did. Uh, Mike Evans outperformed Godwin this year, and I believe he's going to continue to do so. Godwin's contract expired this year too, and it's uncertain if the Buccaneers will re-sign him since they now have Antonio Brown and in, in on the team to pair with Mike Evans. Uh, Godwin is an excellent player, and he'd be great on another team too. I almost wish that would happen because I'd like to see it. 
but I just don't think he's a top 10 wide receiver that I thought he was before the season started. He's more of a wide receiver too. Next guy that fell even more significantly for me was T.Y. Hilton. He was my wide receiver 31 to start the season, and now I have him moved back to wide receiver 63. Hilton was already moving into the wide receiver three zone before the season started. Like I said, I had him number 31. But then the Colts signed Phillip Rivers. That didn't really make me any more hopeful for Hilton, honestly. Still, I thought he could be streamable wide receiver three that would play in lineups, you know, off and on throughout the year. And he didn't. He played pretty bad to start the year, and he finally had a few good games near the end of the season, but by then, Dynasty Managers had already taken him out of their starting lineups, so it was too little too late for Hilton. Hilton didn't make the most of his contract year, leaving him as a free agent this offseason, too. In his case, I really do believe the Colts will re-sign him to a modest contract, which at his age, uh, I think that would actually be better for his Dynasty value than moving to a new team. But even so, I think his best years are behind him, and he's no longer a really reliable wide receiver that Dynasty Managers can comfortably put in their starting lineups. Another wide receiver, last one I'll mention here that fell, was Sammy Watkins. I had him at wide receiver 50 to start the season, so not very optimistic, but now he's moved back to number 84. I mean, Watkins had an excellent Super Bowl performance. That's what's frustrating. He played so well in the Super Bowl, and then there was that off-season story. I don't know if you heard about it or read it, but an off-season story about written how he'd never studied and never practiced, but now he's finally studying the game. He was eating well. He's working out in the off-season for the first time in his career. That was enough to make me wonder if he could have some sort of resurgence this year. And I wasn't totally buying it because I did only have him ranked number 50, so a wide receiver four or five. But now I'm just all out on Watkins after the season. I'm, I'm out on all pass catchers, in fact, for the Chiefs that aren't named Kelsey or Hill. All the wide receivers behind Hill and Kelsey are just too far too inconsistent. They have you know occasional breakout games like Watkins did last year in the Super Bowl. But it's really impossible to know which one will contribute each week and none of them have risen above the rest to solidify their roster spot as being the third most targeted player on Kansas City. It's just too too muddy. Now I've got a couple tight ends here. Uh, tight end in the fall was Zach Ertz. He was my tight end five to start the season, and I moved him back to number 16. And I maybe have to move him back further. That's uh, pretty generous, even having him at 16 right now. Headed into the season, there was no reason to assume that Ertz wouldn't be another top 12 tight end like he'd been you know, for several years in a row. The only knock against him was the growing involvement of Dallas Goddard in the offense, but the Eagles love their tight ends, and so I had Goddard and Ertz among my top 10 dynasty tight ends to start the season. Even though Ertz was in a contract year, I was sure that Philadelphia would keep him, especially because of his off-field friendship and on-field connection with Carson Wentz. Well, well, well. <laughs> All of that is in doubt now that Wentz had his awful year and Philadelphia's coaching changes. I suspect that, Church, that, that Ertz will be on another team next year. I believe in his talent enough to have not dropped him too far among the kind of muddy tight end second tier, that big second tier of tight ends, but he'll need to sign with a team that I really like for me to move him up much more than 16. Uh, he has something to prove next year. He still you know, isn't too old. He could increase his dynasty value if he lands with the right team. And then there's Jack Doyle. I wasn't super hopeful for Doyle. I had him at number 18 to start the season, um, but now I've moved him all the way back to number 43. Um, I wasn't super hopeful, like I said, when the season started, but I did believe he'd be the tight end one in Indianapolis with a coach and a quarterback that often target the tight end, but I had no idea that he'd be competing for targets, let alone snaps with Trey Burton and Mo Cox. None of Indianapolis's tight ends were startable this year, with very rare exception of Burton since he was often used in the red zone. 
I wish one of their tight ends would have established himself as a clear starter and top target, but it never materialized. And now I have all three of them ranked between 26 and 43 in my tight end rankings. And Doyle is ranked third among them. So they're all in that back tier, 26 to 43. And Doyle has moved back of the pack. One more tight end that had a, a significant fall in my rankings was Chris Herndon from tight end 22 to tight end 36. Uh, Herndon certainly had every chance possible to improve his dynasty stock this year, and I expected that he would. With the injuries at wide receiver and the new receivers in New York, I just thought he had no competition, and he would be probably the second most targeted pass catcher for the for the Jets. But I was wrong. Herndon, he had to do it, didn't he? He teased us dynasty managers again at the end of the season with a few good games and touchdowns. Uh, players, it's true that players often do well once they're out from the uh, kind of trouble that Adam Gaze brings to offenses. Now that he's no longer coordinating their offense, there is just enough hope for me to keep him ranked in my tight end three category. Moved him back to number 36, so there's that little slight chance of hope. But I've, I've, I've lost most of my hope for Herndon and moved him back to my tight end number 36. Those are the guys, the 12 non-rookies that fell quite a bit in my rankings. I'd encourage you to to do the same Uh, next year. Rank all your players to start the season and then save that file. Come back and re-rank them at the end of the year and see which players have risen the most, which ones have fallen the most. Uh, Good exercise. Well, that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening and make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. And until then, uh, until next time, rather, you know what to do. Go out there, get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.